0: Welcome to the Freedom City Church podcast, a podcast designed to help your faith thrive. We hope you enjoy today's message. Um, Today the message sharing thing is called Abide, Um, and I (laughs) I thought actually what we'd do is we'd start by reading the verses first, and then I'd kind of give a bit of background to why that's, that's what we're talking about today. So just for a bit of context, this is Jesus speaking, um, and he's speaking to his disciples, actually. It's a closer group of people. It's not like a big thing, and he's speaking to them and preparing them for the fact that he is going to go soon. Um, So the, it starts with John chapter 15, verse 1. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. And then the next few verses um, is titled Love and Joy Perfected. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you'll abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I've spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all things that I had from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. These things I command you that you love one another. So that's what we're going to go through today. Um, so a bit of context and background. So... Um, Molly, two weeks ago, was talking about how on brand for her is lemons and anything viral. Who wants to guess what mine <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mine is my poor dog. Um, so w- the background, so what happened is a few weeks ago, Kaylee went for vaccination. And so we have this whole routine with that, we've got this one vet that we see, um, and I have given her a trigger word that she knows something unpleasant's gonna happen, it's okay. And then there's a, I tell her when it's finished and then she's all like, oh yay, cause not all dogs love the vet. So I was sitting with the vet and we were just chatting. She was asking me questions about um, how Kaylee had been and then just completely normally kind of said, okay, and then w- we'll do the vaccination now if you do the thing that you normally do. Um, and nothing had changed. I was still seated, she was still sti- seated. Our tone hadn't changed at all but Kaylee had changed, she'd started to get a little bit like, oh, something's happening now. And so she, even though nothing else had changed, she'd picked up, something's about to change. Um, And there's a couple of points in this message that I might nerd out, this might be one (laughs) of them. Um, But dogs can smell change in emotions, change in chemicals and things like that. And so even though nothing physically outwardly had changed, I was like, oh, okay, we're going to do this now. So, internally, I was starting to get ready to do um, to hold her down for her vaccination. Um, and she picked up on it. And it was a very subtle thing. Um, and she does this a lot. But on one of the occasions that that happened, you know how when you're on your phone and you get a notification that pops up and says so-and-so has messaged you? So, I had a moment like that where... I was kind of thinking, oh, that's really cool that she picks up so subtly on these things. And it was the verse, abide in me. And I was like, huh. And then kind of went, okay, I know where that's from. I know what that relates to. And then I was like, how cool would that be if I abided in God and was so close to him that subtle changes that he can sort of, that I can pick up on it. As worship, when we worship, we always try and, we have a set list and we've got things that we've got in mind. But if the Lord leads, we want to move that way. Um, and so that was where Abide came from. So it was something for me, but it was something that I dug into and kind of looked into further. And I also knew that that was something to also share today so basically this is what we're gonna go over today um, so i don't know how many of you are botanists i'm not so we've got a little slide about branches and vines just so we're all on the same page hi bryce <laughs> so we've got a slide on the branch and the vines so the vine is jesus which is what he was talking about and then the branches are us so if we're taken away from the vine you die um, pretty much and you don't bear fruit um, and I knew this, like I knew where this was in the Bible, I knew like all of that, but it's not like one of the ones I love going to, it's it's not my favourite, you know, passage in the scripture, um, because it's a little bit rough, there's a lot of chopping and, and pruning and throwing in the fire. Um, so I was like, oh, it's not not very nice, Jesus. But I was like, okay, you said abide in me or I'll go look into it further. So basically what he talks about is if we can have slide one up again, the first one. Thank you. Um, actually, (laughs) next, next, next. Oh, God. Next, next next ta-da oh that was not as exciting as i thought it would be Uh, (laughs) so basically what happens is there's these two groups of branches one group is not abiding at all in the vine so it's not connected at all and then that's the one where um jesus described that's taken up chucked away bent it's not producing any fruit but in the first the other group you actually have branches that are abiding in the vine it's connected to the vine one bears fruit, one doesn't. So um, it says, I'm um, the true vampire. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And, that, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. And I thought, well, if you're bearing fruit, you're going to get pruned. That's not fun. Um, and if you're not bearing fruit, it's even worse. He takes, it, he takes you away. So I looked into it, and the Greek verb where that phrase comes from, takes away, also means lifts up. So what's actually happening is you've got this, actually this picture of a loving gardener that comes along and goes, you're not bearing fruit and lifts it up and picks it up. It's not that, you know, oh, you're not bearing fruit, out you go. It's you're still abiding and we go through seasons where we bear fruit and then there's seasons where we're just not bearing fruit and God doesn't go, all right, you're not bearing fruit, out you go, which is how I'd always thought of it. He comes along and he lifts us up. He picks us up. And I was like, that changes it that changes it for me, like that changes the picture so much. And then the um, Greek adjective for prune also means to clean. So that's why the the next line about you're already clean because of the word in which... Oh, Sorry, back one, Bryce, thank you. did a great job, thank you, though. Um, You know, you've almost got prune in verse 2 and then you jump straight to you're already clean because of the word which I've spoken to. It almost seems like a different thing that's being talked about. But that word prunes also means to clean. And so, again, it's that loving kind of coming along pruning can hurt, but you bear more fruit after and it can also be to clean. Um, so, I, I loved that, that, that was the picture of that loving gardener again, not this like chop-chop, <laughs> like willy-nilly um, sort of gardener that just, you're not bearing fruit, out you go. Um, so, also, I am not a botanist. And so, when I cut things, it looks like chop-chop. out out it goes. So that's why, you know, God is not like that. Great. Um, Slide two. Um, It's that repetition again of us being the branches while Jesus is the vine, just to make sure, in case you didn't remember, you're the branch, I'm the vine, you need to stay connected to me, you need to get your life source from me, you need to be connected with me. If not, nothing that we do um, is of lasting importance. Um, You know, you kind of read that verse and kind of go, well, I know people who don't abide in you, but they're fruitful. Um, And it's almost that thing of towards the end, it mentions it again. It's having fruit that lasts, having fruit that's of eternal value, having something at the end of the day, a fruit that is lasting and eternal. So without Jesus and apart from we're just working from our own strength. Um, So yeah. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Molly kind of mentioned this a little bit in her her message two weeks ago. But um, so I watched Aladdin recently, the, the live action one. And there's this scene where Aladdin tricks the genie to get him out of, just to quick check, everyone knows the story of Aladdin, right? Yeah. Um, So Aladdin's in the cave, he's stuck in the cave, and um, he tricks the genie to get him out. And so then once the genie gets him out of the cave and they're back outside in the desert, he goes, okay, now you're down to two wishes. And Aladdin goes, no, no, I didn't actually lose one wish. And um, the genie had gone, you have to rub the lamp, then you have to make an explicit wish, like wish me out a thing. And Aladdin goes, I didn't rub the lamp. Um, And then genie rewinds back and goes, oh yeah, you didn't. So Aladdin tricked genie to come out of the cave without doing the first thing which is rubbing the lamp and later on you know I, w- I will not nerd out on Aladdin. ladder so the point that I was trying to make though is that sometimes we think ask what you desire and it shall be done for you but then we miss that first bit if you abide in me and my words abide in you you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you and that's again an echo of what Molly was talking about when you abide in him, the things you start to ask for are in line with what matters to his heart. So then you're not asking for a boat because you want a boat. You're, you may be asking for a boat because, you, you know, it's in line with God's um, plan. Sorry, we're giggling because we mentioned boats in Connect Group. Um, but it's just that thing of if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you're going to ask what he's desiring, what's on his heart, and it shall be done for you. To go back to Aladdin for a little bit, um, Genie and Aladdin, they start off actually in a master and servant type of relationship. When Aladdin, um, when Genie comes out, he goes, oh, master, what are your wishes? And by the end of the movie, they've gone from master and servant to friends. Um, and I think that's part of the beauty of the story of Aladdin. It's this master and servant, and in the end, the Genie and Aladdin are friends, and he you know, gives them his freedom. So to jump ahead to verse 14, Um, you are my friends. Thank you. If you do whatever I command you, no longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends for all the things that I heard from my father I've made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you. Um, So this is the other nerd bit. Um, That word friends, for me, it Kind of reminded me of the phrase friend of God Um, and I don't well we all have like our favorite movies our favorite stories and our favorite characters and it could be because we identify with them or we love um, their character whatever and for me one of those characters in the Bible that I kind of nerd out a little bit about is Moses and he was known as friend of God Um, he had this amazing relationship with God all the way in the Old Testament, and he was described as friend of God. And it wasn't um, a term that was loosely given. It wasn't a common thing. It was a specific thing. Um, David was a very significant person in the Bible, but he wasn't called friend of God. He was called a man after God's own heart, which is also pretty cool. Um, But there was another person that was was called friend of God, and I didn't actually realize or remember this, and it was Abraham. So Abraham was also known as friend of God. And then the nerd in me is like, so what did the two of them do? What sets them apart that makes them friend of God? Um, And the others, non-Abraham's significant. He was where everything started. And if you read into it, they had amazing descriptions of their relationship with God. Like um, for Moses is described as like man-to-man, face-to-face. They're having conversations. Abraham is having conversations with God and it's this thing in, in, and um, something that they both did, which I knew about Moses but forgot about Abraham. Moses actually went to the top of Mount Sinai. I am netting out here, sorry. But he went... I'll get there. Uh, He goes to the top of the mount and he has this amazing encounter with God. He um, does the Ten Commandments and then God goes, the people are basically sinning. They have stuffed up majorly. I'm done. I am done with them. Because what's going on down there is they've built a golden calf and they're, you know, worshipping a golden calf instead of God and it wasn't even that long ago that the seas were parted for, for them to walk through. And so, so quickly they've forgotten and God goes, I'm done with them. I'm going to destroy them. And you know what? Moses will start with you. Like, that's really cool. Like, Moses gets to be the first one and God starts again with with uh, Moses. But Moses's reply to God is, what are the other nations around gonna think you called us your people. Um they're gonna think that you just let them out of Egypt to kill. And essentially what Moses does is he negotiates and communicates with God and kind of goes, you don't really wanna do that, you know? And so he changes God's mind about it. And then as he <laughs> the fun part is he comes down and he sees the people and he breaks the tablets. He's like, you people are like stupid, and then goes back up and does the Ten Commandments again. But what he did is he stood in the gap for the Israelites and said, God, you don't want to do that. These are your people. You've called them your people. Don't do that. Abraham did something really, really similar. So again, God has this relationship, conversational relationship with Abraham. And he kind of goes, should let Abraham know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go destroy Sodom. And then Abraham goes, um, if you found 50 righteous people in that where everyone else is wicked, would you still do it? He goes, no, for 50 I won't. And then Abraham goes, I know I'm just human and dust and not, you know, anything special, but if you found 40, would you still do it? He goes, no, for 40 I won't. And then he goes, what about 30? And this is Abraham going back and forth, 30, 20, and then gets down to 10 and God goes, if I find 10, I won't destroy. Didn't find 10, so Sodom got destroyed. But the thing that both of these men did, you know, like when friends, kind of, or like, you know, in the movies, are like, hold me back, hold me back. You don't actually want to do it. And your friend's like, I'm not going to hold you back. You're not really going to take on that, like, you know, person that's double your size. God was able to come to them. These are people who knew his heart and were able to speak to him. Like, that is, I think that is so amazing when you've got, that's what friendship is, when you know what is really inside the other person's heart and they can come to you and kind of go, I'm going to do this. And they go, no, you don't really want to do that. And I think God invited them into that space. God knows his own heart. God knows what he wants to do. God knows his plan, but he deigns to have this relationship with us and have this conversation with us. And, and what was happening for Abraham and Moses in the Old Testament now we have Jesus here kind of going, no longer do I call you servants. No longer do I call you, um, yeah, servants. You're now friends. And for me, for someone who has always thought like that relationship that Moses had with God and, and how cool that was in the Old Testament, we've now just been all given a green light and a free pass to have such a deep relationship with God where we can communicate with him, where we can abide with him, and where we can be called friends. Um, So that was my nerding out that bit. So (laughs) it's that invitation that we get to be friends with God. And I don't think it's something to be treated in passing. It's such a privilege and such an honor. So what does it mean to abide? Well, Jesus answers that. Uh, Very definitively in verse 9, he goes, Abide in my love. Abide in my commandments. So if you, keep my bu- if you keep my commandments, you'll abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Abiding looks like sitting in that love. Abiding looks like knowing that he loves us. Um, remember Aladdin? <laughs> um, and trying to trick. So we've got that phrase there as I have loved you. And it's again that whole thing of you can't do one half without the other half. We're invited again to abide in, in his love. But we got to know how much he loves us, you know. And we know that. Like, there's no one in here is like, I don't know that God loved me that much. I know he died on the cross. But it's one thing to know it in your head. It's another thing to sit with it and consciously, constantly be aware of it. I truly, truly think if we were, if I were more aware, not just in my head, But in my heart, how much I am loved, that I am chosen, that's going to change my life. Like that's going to change the way that I do things and and how I act. And that is is the whole thing. Abide in my love. Abide in me. I'm the vine and you're the branches. You're going to bear fruit if you're sitting in that knowledge and that knowing of I love you. Now go love others. But if you don't know that I love you, you're going to love each other in a very human way and in a very superficial kind of you hurt my feelings and now we're done kind of way. It's a, it's a very, don't do an Aladdin, don't miss the first bit, do the first bit. Know how loved you are and then go love. Um, and something that I kind of also wanted to say is figure out what that abide is for you. Um, it can look different for different people. Um, it could look like finding space or carving out time in your day to just sit and, and abide in that. Um, it, it could look like, yeah, I'm, I'm figuring out what that is for me and I'm exploring. And it's always like a trial and error. You don't have to be like, this is what it is. It's a journey, isn't it? Friendships is a journey and it's a relationship. But in a friendship, you spend time with the other person. You know, you spend one-on-one time time with them. You speak with them. You talk with them. What kind of person would you call a good friend of yours if you don't talk to them forever in like a long time? Or you talk to them in a group of other people. It's not the same. Um, And then uh, wrapping up, the the last bit is these things I've spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Um, How cool is that? That that is also something God wants is joy, um, and there's this verse that the joy of the Lord is my strength, um, and so joy almost to me comes across like a check engine light. If you're not feeling joy, then <laughs> check engine light. Um, something's something's not in line. Um, recently, I what? Uh, so I love house DIY renovation things like I. Yeah, really, really love that kind of stuff. And so um, working from home last week for lunch, I stopped and watched an episode of Restoration Australia. Part of it's very long. And I loved the episode. They redid this mid-century house and, well, not nerd, um, but I was so excited. I was like, ooh, this is great. And then at the end of it, I went to the second half of my day and I just had so much more pip in my step. And, like, you know, I love my job, but it, it just kind of, filled the tank a little bit Um, to find the thing that brings you joy to find the thing that lights you up check there because sometimes that's the link to how you abide because we've been made so differently so individually what works for one person will look different for another person and that's exciting that's the adventure, that's the relationship, that's the friendship to figure out what does abide look like for me? And sometimes it changes in different seasons. Sometimes it looks like one thing one day and then, you know, it changes in a different season and that's also okay. So here's the invitation. In all of the busyness, in all of the distraction, in all of the things that are going on, in all of the stress, I really really truly believe Jesus is inviting us to learn to abide, to learn to slow down, to learn to stop, to know what it is to abide in the life source that is him, um that even when we are in the business of our days that we're still connected to the vine. Um that's kind of it. Shall I pray for us? <laughs> God, I thank you so much that you care so deeply for us that you never want to leave us where we are, that you're constantly drawing us to you, calling us closer to you, that you want us to keep growing in our relationship with you. Father, I ask that in the coming weeks that what was said today will land where it needs to land in each heart, that it will spur an excitement and it will cause sort of a a, a journey to start with you, God, that we would learn what our abiding in you looks like. Lord, would you help us? Give us wisdom to know how to do that, um, to be able to put aside the cares of the world and just put time aside that we can sit with you as a friend sits with a really close friend. We thank you, God, that because of Jesus' death on the cross, this is something that we can access. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. That's it. Jenna, take a bow. Thanks for tuning in to the Freedom City Podcast. If there is any way that we can help you survive and thrive in your everyday life, we'd love to connect with you. If you'd want to know more about who we are, just head to www.freedomcityfremantle.com. Until next time, take care.